Nye podcast to Barrago. This podcast is on country. Nye gatang goba nye awabakal barai nye warmai barai nye wanyimbu wanyimbu. This is gatang barai land. Nye awabako barai awabako country nye warmai barai warmai country nye wanyimbu wanyimbu. Always and always. The vision of the bus pulling up at um, the, the old workers club, which is now next yeah. um, in town, just seeing the amount of people, people jumping on the bus, you guys trying to get escorted up those stairs with security to get up to the top to the auditorium. It was just bedlam. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to describe now. How you think it almost sounds like a bullshit story. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the numbers. Yeah. And again, on the Tuesday, there was a civic um, parade. Yeah. And uh, then at Civic Park, there was, I don't know, 100,000 on, yeah. on a working Tuesday. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Knights HQ podcast, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training, highly skilled labour hire and real world training for engineering trades and construction. As always, I'm Jay Nelson and I'm here with my compadre, Matt Croker. How you going, buddy? I'm going good, Jay. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm real, real good and I'm real, real excited for our guest this week, uh, this week we've got old boys round. Old boys round against the sharks, usually. Yep. So we thought, look, what better way to celebrate that to get an old boy in? So uh, here we've got old boy legend. You're the head of the old boys, head I believe, as well. Boys. 97 Premiership winner Steve Crow, mate. How are you? I'm very well, boys. Thanks for the invitation. No, no dramas dramas at all. No dramas, mate. You excited for the weekend? Yeah, I am. It's a old boys day is um, a special day for us. We have a great time. Uh, it helps if the team wins. Yeah, yeah. puts up a good show. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's that's the case on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the weekend you just had. The Mark Hughes ball, Mark Hughes Foundation ball. How was that? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Mark Hughes has done an amazing job with that foundation, and their annual ball, their magic ball, sells out in about five minutes flat. Six hundred people. Yeah. Just a, an amazing show, raised lots of money, a really good feel, great vibe, and, and just a really great, great foundation. I, I was I was talking to Bobcat Ryan this morning, and he was saying how he was trying to book a, a table, and he said, mate, it sells out honestly like that. He was talking to a girl who had three laptops waiting for it to go on sale so that she could get yeah, herself wow. a table. Yeah, and the people that support that from all walks of life, is it's pretty amazing. He's done a fantastic job. Part of it's because of his personality, and his, yeah. um, he's just an amazing character, um, but the foundation's brand is is damn strong yeah and they're doing a great job oh mate when mark came in and talked to the boys for beanies round uh in the in the team room mate it was really powerful stuff yeah, it's and it really puts it in perspective it's always special when you listen to you yeah. speak mate yeah no, it's fantastic now today on the podcast uh we're going to start with our player quiz crowy so we'll be able to test right. uh your knowledge on your own career um look be a short i don't want to put any pressure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't want to put any pressure on you but our uh you know our previous participants have been pretty good to make up to 100 last week so there you go yeah uh, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame event uh, this weekend. It's the first one that we've done since 2012 and a little bit about um, the inductee process, so what, what yep. you have to do and the credentials you need to have to be uh, you know, looked at for the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to talk about Old Boys Round this weekend against the Sharks. Um, we're also going to uh, talk about how uh, Once a Night helps with supporting the community beyond the footy field. We'll also get to know yourself a bit better, mate, off the field, a few things you get up to, a bit of your history. And then we're going to round out with our Tune of the Week, which is, you know, anything you've been listening to, anything that's getting the, the, the blood right. pumping, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, so let's start with the play quiz, mate. Um, you off, Jay. Yeah, uh, I just will. Just before it, Crowley, how many you reckon you're going to get? I think we got... I think we've got five questions. Yeah. What do you reckon? Five from no, five, I surely, get, mate. If I get three, I'd be doing a great job. Okay, call okay. that a pass, mate. Yeah, all right, we'll go three as a pass. Now, mate, we're going to start with, uh, as we always do around here, about your debut. 
Um, your debut was round five of the New South Wales Rugby League comp on the 5th of May, 1991, against North Sydney. Do you remember the final score? No. <laughs> Mate, North City Bears uh, at North City Oval. It was a, it was a tough game. We got beat. I know that. Yes. Um, I'm going to say 22-12. That is very very close. 23-8. Oh, there you go. What so do you remember about that day? Um, it was I was only young, fairly young, 21, and um, I remember my first hit up. Uh, Pat Jarvis, who was a stalwart for St George Dragons yeah. for a long, long time, yeah, yeah, but to finish Jarvis, his yeah. career at North Sydney Bears absolutely pulverised me. <laughs> uh, and so my, my first hit up was a was an inauspicious uh, first grade debut. But yeah, um, yeah, I came off the bench, had um, had a stint for about a half an hour or so. We got beat. And I got dropped back to reserve grade. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, like, when you talk to players, Crowy, about um, their debut, and it's it's so good how they always remember their first run. Like Jack Johns is like close friends with your family, and you always speak to him about his debut. And he debuted for South against Raiders, and his first carry was straight into Josh Papali'i. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do remember seeing yeah. that. Yeah. All right, Crowy, mate. Uh, so you're none from one. That's right. Only up from here. So uh, it was question, close. Close qu- than I thought. It was good. Yeah. That was really good. Um, question two, mate. You scored one try. In your NRL career, do you remember who it was against? Gold Coast Titans? Yes. Everyone scored a try that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was 50 to 6 <laughs> the Knights won that game. Yeah, we were lining up the scores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No. Ding, 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 ding. There's the first day. Uh, so, uh, mate, next one. Uh, do you remember what your official debut number is? I reckon it's 67. <sighs> Close 64. 64 Is it? 64 yeah. I knew it was the 60s somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I should know that as I mean the old boys thought up the idea of having this uh, of, of signifying our yeah. our debut number um, And giving it some status So I, I should I should know that Can I just ask That's a question On that Crowy um, I was going to ask this for later But the The debut caps that we get Is a gift from the old boys Who's Where did that idea f- stem from? Because I I still have my cap It's at home with my mum and dad And it's like Hung up on the wall. Who's do you remember where that come from? Yeah, there's a there's a point at which we said, "Hey, we've got how many old boys are there? How many ex players yeah. are there?" So we, we listed them out and and we thought, well, okay, we see that the, the Australian cricket team give a Test player number, yeah, yep. and we thought, let's that's a that's a great um, a great tradition. Let's do yeah. something similar. So we number them out. The only the only team that we had trouble with was Team One. They're all they all debuted on the same day. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So we went alphabetical order for the first thirteen. Yeah. And then since then it's been sequential uh, order. Yeah. And the um the cap itself is is a, it's a copy of the, the baggy green baggy Australia. Green, yeah. So yeah, it's just something that we give to all the debut players just to make just to signify their debut and make sure they remember it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's been a, it's a, hopefully it's a tradition that, that continues yeah. on. What, what, well, how, so. how do the players feel about it, man? Mate, like, love it. Like yeah. I, I remember when Tommy Starling got his, we were all pretty young, and Tommy was um, still young at the time. I remember he had it in like a glass frame. Yeah, nice. I remember seeing that at his house. Going, man, that is so good. And I think they're up to. I think Oren Keeley was our last debutant. I think it was three, three, four, three, three, four. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's a, a good tradition. Players. I mean, you think about it's thirty-five years. Yeah, um, there's only three hundred odd players that have ever ever. I walked in that field in a first grade jersey, so it's a really it is a proud tradition, yeah. and hopefully, hopefully the players appreciate it. Well, I mean, how's that, Matt? You feel crowy hearing that from Matt, yeah, who's fantastic. in the younger playing group, and they're you know loving it and getting yeah, behind and it. It's yeah. a relatively new tradition. It only kicked off, I reckon, about oh, less than less than ten years ago, probably the last seven or eight years. So, yeah, so it was that new. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely it was something that we that we you know we thought, how do we 
make something more of, of the fact that you've made a debut in this jersey and, and you need to remember where you, where you sit in that, in that line of history. Yeah, I can tell you, like, as a present player, mate, everyone knows where their cup is and, like, the way they got – I think even some boys – at the new centre of excellence, they have it in their locker or hanging up in their locker, just so it sort of reminds yeah, nice. them every day. So something yeah. special like that. All right, mate, you're on to uh, question four. Question four. Uh, this one's a tough one. Sorry, Crow, mate. We're not <laughs> helping you. Uh, you played 50 first grade games. How many of those did you win? I'll give you sort of plus or minus three. 32. Oh, you get it. It was 30. There you okay. go. So, yeah, okay. yeah, well, you had 30. You covered the line there. You had 30 <laughs> wins and you had one draw, 19 losses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. we had a draw as well. Yeah. Beautiful. You well, never ma- lost in 97, I noticed. You were the lucky charm that year. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I was injured most of the year. I came back. Five games. Death. Yeah. yeah. I had the last five games of the year. Five from five. Good timing. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> timing. <laughs> uh, mate, so, yeah, in the 1997 Premiership, do you remember which side had the most penalties? Us. No. Really? We had four penalties. Manly had seven. I thought we got a few favours to the ref that day, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I thought... Elaborate. Chief belted a few people, (laughs) (laughs) knocked them out virtually, and just got away with it scot-free. So... And probably made the difference in the end. Like yeah. he really... He pulverised them early on, and the ref gave him a little little bit of lenience, I thought, uh, where he might have... On a, Got in trouble. on a non-grand yeah. final, he might yeah. have pulled him up. But I think being a grand final, it is tough to get in too much strife. Yeah. Yeah. Ref- it's like Origin. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you let you play a bit slightly. more. Yeah. Um, but he um, he absolutely tore strips off them, and um, I think it made a difference in the end. Do you remember who ref the grand final? Was it Bill? Uh, David Man- uh, David Manson. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the grand final a bit later. We want yeah. to jump in now. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, I've got yeah. heaps of questions. Oh, 100. A bit of folklore about like the night before about what Chief did. Well, actually, no, I'll go back further than that. The, the, the bus ride when you guys left Newcastle to go to Sydney, what was that like? Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a pretty emotional bus trip. The whole week was pretty emotional, to be honest. The town went, went berserk. Yeah. And the build-up and the crowds at training and <clears> – <throat> Oh, there were thousands of people that training for yeah. autographs after the, after yeah. each session, yeah. which is unusual. And you normally want to keep yourself pretty calm before a game, but it, it was it was pretty difficult. And then um, we travelled down, obviously, the day before the game on the Saturday, and there were about oh, 10,000 people here with the bus left the stadium, yeah. and then all the way out to Wall's End where the, where the freeway connects to the, to the town. Um, the streets are lined with thousands and thousands of people. And uh, just cheering and with the – their colours and, and waving and, and screaming. And it was just – and it felt like – not the weight of the town was upon us. It was the opposite. Actually felt that their – Support. Their, support, their, their yeah. passion and support was driving us forward. And there were a few boys in tears on the bus. Um, I know Mark Glamble was one. It was his last game for the club. He was, he was retiring or going to England to play. Um, and he was incredibly emotional. I felt the same. It was just – it was an incredible um, feeling. And I mean, the crowds on the way back were, you know – Three times as large, ten yeah. times as large. But yeah. um, even the way out, it's just the the um, the emotional um, momentum that they gave us was incredible. Yeah, it, it almost like you felt like you already won because you've got that much support yeah, in the, the whole town be behind honest, you. I reckon any coach would say that was a terrible prep. Like yeah, to be emotionally pulled and prodded, and you know, you know, every, no, nothing was normal that week. Yeah. Nothing was yeah. normal, um, and you'd have to say, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't the ideal prep, but in actual fact, um, looking back upon, I think it was the difference between the two teams. Yeah, because sometimes you hear coaches talk about grand final week and they want to go just treat it like any other week. But 
like like you said, maybe this helped you a lot more than if you treated it like an ideal week. Maybe you wouldn't have rose to the occasion sort of thing. Interesting story. A few years later, I was working for the club as a media manager yeah. and Penrith were in their first grand final for a long time against the Roosters. Against the Roosters, oh, three. And yeah. they, they rang me to say, hey, we're getting this huge interest in the public. We're trying to hold them back. We're not quite sure how to handle it. What do you guys do in 97? Because you're in a similar situation. Yeah. And I said, we, we just we just rejoiced in it and we let it all flow and let it be a positive. So they chose to do that um, and they won the game as well. Yeah. So I don't know, there's, there's something to be said for, for just letting it, you know, if, yeah. if, it's, if there's a lot of happiness and, and energy, yeah. um, let, it, let it flow. It yeah. certainly worked for us. So as a, as a playing group, are you, are you sort of, you know, as you said, there's so much going on, it's very emotional. You've got the whole town behind you. You know, as you said, some people sort of will see that as a distraction. Uh, are people like Chief and your leaders in the group sort of what are they doing to sort of keep you sort of everyone focused on what you've got to get done and sort of as you said taking parts of that as the positive but also knowing that you've got a job to do on the on the Sunday yeah well we're lucky and we had lots of leaders in that team yeah like incredibly lucky Paul Harrigan Tony Butterfield Maddie and Andrew Johns Mark Glanville yeah the list went on had some young kids yeah uh, very young uh, 18 year old Owen Craigie and yeah. 20 year old Mark Hughes and um, Adam McDougall is only young as well. So there were youngsters, but there was a lot of experience. Yeah. And a lot of great leaders. I mean, I think only Chief is probably the greatest leader I've come across in any sphere of life. Um, and they said, just boys, just relax, enjoy the week. Um, when you get down to Sydney, we can close up shop and be, have 24 hours of, of silence. Yeah. But in the, in the meantime, just, um, just enjoy yourselves. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, as you say, we went down to Sydney the night before we had a chance to, to be bit more insular yeah um just on chief like you spoke about his leadership that i've heard stories of the night before the game he got everyone crammed into a little room can you tell us that story yeah well we'd had about i don't know 15 meetings that week yeah now yeah. lots of team meetings but lots of official meetings with the nrl we had a grand final breakfast this and that and we just wanted to go i just wanted to go to bed yeah on the saturday night he said, no, we're having a meeting in my room. So if Chief said, you're having a meeting, then you're having a meeting. Yeah. So off we went. And we had the whole squad, and there were about 20 of us, yep. jammed into this one hotel room. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said, hey, tomorrow's an important day. Um, I just want to hear, or we all want to hear from each other what, what it means to you personally. And um, like really different answers because you had young kids – it was their debut season. Yeah. Uh, for some, that it was their sixth first grade game. Other blokes like Mark Glanville were retiring. Adam Muir, it was his last game for the club as well. So a really different yeah. point of view depending on who they were. But all equally, you know, really sincere. And there were some tears again. So here we are. We've already had tears on the way down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now there's blokes crying again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big cry fest. Um, and, so what, and, and we left that room. Uh, just it was emotionally charged. Like that room was so electric. Yeah, hearing all these voices one after the other describe what it meant. A lot of people spoke about the town, about the towns, um, uh, the town lining up on the way out, yeah. mm. and what it meant to the city. But we all left that room thinking we we're going to win the next day, without doubt. Yeah, um, it gave us a real, uh, it was a real impetus leading into the match. So leading, and, in- and we think about Manly, we we're all staying in their own house, separate yeah. from each other. Yeah, and we were there, you know, crammed in this hotel room. Um, you know, hearing that from, from each other's voice. Yeah. Um, and we've heard a few, like, um, a few times about sort of in that era, Manly were the dominant side. 
Um, I think Maddie Johns has said they. Oh, well, they were looking at, to go back to back. Yeah, they won at ninety six. They won ninety six. Yeah. And what was the amount of games that you guys had lost against Manly up yeah, until that point? It was like eleven or something. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did three. This is their third grand final in a row. Yeah, and we we hadn't beaten them oh, for eleven, yeah. eleven occasions in a row. So it was um long long time between drinks. The game itself. What do you remember about it, Crowy? Uh well, Cause you come because you come off the bench. Yeah, 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 yeah. come off the bench. Yeah, no, it was it was a um, frenetic start. Chief, as I said earlier, went out and bashed a few blokes, and it was a bit of to and fro, but. Typically, they scored first and they scored second. Yeah. That, that was pretty much how Manly had beaten us time after time. They'd Quick all, start. They'd, they'd, and they'd been just bit, a bit better than us, yeah. to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, but we're pretty calm at halftime. Um, I came on just after after halftime and, and, and pretty nervous, as you, might, as you might expect. But we started to claw back and we had a little bit of luck going our way. And, um, you know, when, when, we, when we drew level... Uh, right, at the, right. At the um, we've done it. I think six minutes to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember getting up to it, thinking, "Shit, this is." You know, we're we're, we're going to win. We're chancy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect us to win the last six seconds, but yeah. uh, it was a pretty. That last ten minutes. Yeah. Was uh, was nerve wracking. Yeah. And I could and, w- and when you see Darren Albert go over. What what what's gone through yeah. your mind? Like, is it just a, just a complete release of emotion, or you just you don't even know what to do? You yeah, know no, I mean? I was, that's that was me. Most most people were going berserk. I was I was just in shock. I just yeah. stood still. I just I, did, I thought, wow, that's it. That's real. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. So it took me a while. I had a delayed reaction. I was yeah. about a minute later than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> were you on the field at the time, Crowley? No, no, yeah, I was on the bench. The and there were there were, um. So the other three the other three boys, Billy Peden and Mark Glanville and. Which is real hugging out in the field, and I was just sitting there. Yeah, right. You just missed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Was it Troy Fletcher come off the bench that game? Was that his name? Yeah, Troy Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember game. he had a great game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, w- game. I watched. I watched the replay the other day, not long ago. Uh, probably a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. He came up with a couple of really crucial plays: a try-saving tackle and, yeah. a, and a big break. It made a line break. That's that led, right. Yeah, that led to uh, Robbie Davis's try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a huge impact. What was the uh, What was the bus ride home like? <laughs> <laughs> it was something special. <laughs> Who right. was can I ask who like Robbie A was a Clive Churchill medalist? Who was the best on ground celebration wise? Oh, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was um to be honest with you, um no it wasn't. Mark Hughes was. I've heard yeah, uh, there you go. he was only yeah. a kid, but he, he went he went um he went the longest. Yeah. And he was just a great just in great spirits the whole time. It was just a it was an amazing week because it was celebrated with the town. And we had yeah. a bit of time uh, m- Monday by ourselves in inside the stadium. Um, fence, yep, um, and a couple of pubs after that, but pretty much the whole week was celebrating with the town. Yeah, so um, you know, it was oh, it was a pretty amazing. The vision of the bus pulling up at um, the the old workers' club, which is now next yeah. um, in town, just seeing the amount of people, people jumping on the bus, you guys trying to get escorted up those stairs with security to get up to the top to the auditorium. It was just bedlam. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to describe now. How you think it almost sounds. Like a bullshit story. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the numbers. Yeah. And again, on the Tuesday, there was a civic um, parade. Yeah. And uh, then at Civic Park, there was, I don't know, 100,000 on, yeah. on a working Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's, that sounds It's crazy. It? But yeah. actually, it was, it was real. Yeah. Um, it was as much a win for the region as it was for the football club, I think. Yeah. I think 2001, four years later, was more of a win for the for the footy team. It was a better team. Yeah. And um, 
you know, probably the best team we ever pulled together. But yeah. but ninety seven was more about the region. I thought yeah. Yeah. 20, 25 years this year, isn't it? Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, organising a lunch later on later um, on this year. When, when you yeah. um, when you like catch up for old boys and that, there's there's always like share stories about that time of your lives and when you've won it and stuff like well, that. I think the boys from that first, all the boys have played with in those first ten or fifteen years are, are pretty tight still. Yeah. yeah, I still spend time with them every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, we still train together. We have a beer together. It's a it's a pretty tight group, I've got to say. You know, yeah. we, we've um, I spent went up to Mackay uh, two weeks ago to raise funds for for a young bloke who played with us back in the early days with some of my teammates from that era. It's just a it's a yeah, it, it was a special bond and it's and it lives to this day. So talking about as you're saying, live to this day. Uh, this Saturday night, uh, we've got our uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, dinner and we're inducting some uh, new people which we're obviously not going to talk about because uh, you know we want to make sure that we keep that under wraps but um, then we've got old boys day the next day so mate, what, what can we talk a little bit about sort of what are some of the things and what are the criteria that you guys sort of look at to look at this, to put someone into the hall of fame like we've got life members which is another thing yeah but the hall of fame is obviously a very very um sort of that list is very yep. short and you've got to be you know there's a few things you've got to tick yep. off to be able to it might be, be easier just to talk so if you're a player yeah to be a life member yep. you need to have played 150 first grade games yep uh, or or you know have, have um yeah you know, have made a significant Contribution with yes. service, yeah. yeah. So that's why like JT's in there yeah, and Johnny yeah, Thomas. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and some players haven't played 150 games, but they're life members because of you know, stuff they've done off the field. Yeah. yeah. Um, life uh, Hall of Fame is a is another level again. It's really it's yeah significant and uh, contribution over a really long period of time it needs to be um, related to the Knights or your time at the Knights. So players who have played elsewhere. Their contribution to the game outside of the time of the Knights is not considered. So, it's, so the players who make Hall of Fame of the Knights have really contributed, you know, long service, outstanding, achieved massive success, played, you know, some a huge amount of games, probably played rep football. Um, so there's only eight, yeah, at the moment uh, across 34 years of history. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there'll be three more members inducted on Saturday night. And it, and is this also a great opportunity for you guys to sort of get together as the old boys and you know have a bit of a meal, have a bit of a yarn, and then sort of that'll kick off obviously for for uh, Sunday's game against the Sharks. Yeah, it should be a really good feel. Um, life members are coming, the Hall of Fame players. There'll be lots of old boys here on Saturday night, um, and then yeah, Sunday there's probably oh, about 120 uh, yeah. old boys again. Um, just a great. A great chance for us to catch up. It, it serves a few purposes. It's a chance to catch up and, and have fun. And we, yeah, we have a few beers and a few laughs and yeah. tell stories. But it's also a chance we'll talk. We'll get some of our better, our great players to talk to the first grade team pre-game. There's the guard of honour. There's some cultural things as well. One hundred. Yeah, you know, it's as much about contributing to the current team. Yeah. As it is about having a, a good time ourselves. Yeah. You said you said 120 of yours. That's yeah, that's typically we we, um, we don't get we don't receive RSVPs. But the, the yeah. Players are, yeah. that's too much admin for the boys. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, your yeah, last year, for example, we had hundred we had hundred twenty. I expect a similar number this yeah. year. Yeah, well, well this man debuted. Yeah, my debut because for boys say last year. You did it mid year because of um that was when sort of COVID had dropped and you did it mid year against Parramatta and that was my well, debut. Well, that's right. I we're very lucky. Last year we decided to we ch- 
for a one-off. We had the Parramatta game because yeah. it was a 2001 20th anniversary for obvious reasons. So we would have missed. There would have been no old boys day because by the end of the season, it did yeah, it's So luckily, over. it worked out. Yeah, yeah. good was that? Eh? Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do remember you, um, having. I was there when you had your, your jersey presented. Yeah, to yeah, Connor. Debut, yeah, so. oh, mate, I was in that. I was in tears. I couldn't speak. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really. It was great. I mean, it's, that's the sort of passion we like to see from yeah. our, from our players. So, um, yeah, that was a great. It's always a it's always a good day, yeah. Um, and it reminds us, you know, about what good uh, an old boys club like ours can can yeah. do and can be if they get it right. Yeah, and I think I think we've got it right. Everyone in the NRL celebrates old boys, but n- no other club does it like the Knights. It's the biggest day on our calendar. No, I, I can say that as a player. Yeah. I can promise you with my hand on heart, it's the biggest day. And look, as a fan looking from the outside in as well, it's it's just. As you said, Crowley, like the blokes that you played with, you're still mates, you're still training out at Merriweather Beach, you know, every like there's still a heavy connection oh, to the town and the team. And, you know, whenever, you know, you boys need, you know, the, the old boys are always happy to come in and talk with the team and, and contribute. And there's just always, you know, there's that connection is just as strong as ever. Um, coming from actually, Croaks, I was going to ask you, mate, you know, you, you boys are going to be playing on Sunday. What's it like? What's the mindset? Are you are you boys? You know, obviously, you know, everyone says, "Oh, you know, it's another game, and we just got to make sure we get there and do a good performance." Blah blah blah. But there's got to be something in your head that's yeah, going, mate. These these guys are the club legends. We don't want to let them down. We yeah, want to get out there is. And like um, and like it's it is about the old and but there's the fans, mate. Because the fans know it's old boys' day and they know it's the last round. It's a Sunday arvo. It'll be a nice day, like. There'll be 25,000 there, and you don't want to let any of them down. Yeah. And then, as Crowley said, there's 120 old boys, and probably even more. Yeah. And then if there's not the old boys there, I bet you the old boys are sitting at home watching it on telly. Yeah. And you don't want to let them. And, like, when they come in and they speak to you, it all becomes a bit more real. Yeah. Like, last year, like, and we're talking about debut stories. The, the main thing I remember about my debut was running out, and they had the Guard of Honour that was that tight, the tunnel, that, and it felt like it went for a hundred meters across. <laughs> like it, it just felt so tight. Yeah. And that is the the main thing I remember about my debut. Whenever people ask me about it, and I tell them, I go, mate, I was lucky, just fortunate, fell on this day, and and running out, it was there. Yeah, oh, it's just nothing better. It's just so you you get a bit like emotional thinking about it, and it yeah. means a lot to us. It really does. So I hope we're doing proud on the weekend. Yeah. And Crow, is that what sort of the, the when the old boys are going to the game? You know, obviously, you know, results are good, but from the group's perspective, are they, are they just looking at you know, look, we just want the boys to go out there and, and put in an effort, and we can see that they're trying, and you know, we're, we're putting a bit of pride behind the jersey. Is that yeah, sort yeah, of? No, yeah, that's that's what we're always after. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we had a we get a credo in the early days to be the player others want to play with. with. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It, for a footy player, that's pretty clear what that means. Mm. You, know, you play tough, you, you play resilient, you don't give up. Um, and that's the sort of thing you expect. And that's all you can ever ask for. You'll lose some games, of course. Yeah. Um, but you just want that effort. And if the boys can see that on Sunday, we'll be ecstatic. Can I just ask yeah. a quick one, Crowe? In your playing career, who was that player that you always wanted to play with? Um, when I was when – in 88, I was only a kid playing under 21s, which is like the third grade. So we played on the same day as first grade back then. And it was a, a bloke not much older than me, um, Tony Butterfield, playing first That's grade it. week in, week out, and not much bigger than me either. So I looked at him and thought, he's not massive, he's not old, but he just plays like a, like a crazy man every week, just runs and tackles hard every week. And I just thought, I, I thought, 
he's that he's that player. Yeah. And I thought, oh, geez, I, I reckon I could do that. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, he, he's not the most skillful bloke in the world, but I reckon, and neither am I. Maybe that's what I could do. So I really aspired. Well, he inspired me. Yeah. Um, and he was still there. You know, ten years later, I got to play with him, of course, and it was um. Yeah, he's, he sort of fit that criteria for me. I want to bring one thing up, which I've, you know, I, I remember I was doing, actually, it's when we opened the Centre of Excellence, yep. Croaks. Yep. I had to put together, like, video of the history of the club. So I found some, like, uh, the media op for the 88 team when it was announced, and it was a bloody, it was a table, and they had a piece of cardboard that someone had hand drawn the logo and they taped that to the front and all this yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was just awesome to see like, you know, how, how far we'd come from that point. Anyway, going through all those searches, there's a video of you crowing on YouTube talking about a hit that you took in 95. <laughs> and this? apparently the Johns brothers were just genius up to take, to run at this bloke. And it was when obviously the Warriors were in Auckland. So it was the Auckland Warriors. And it's only a minute video, but it's you sort of explaining, look, I've got a bit of a rubber arm. They taught me, you know, I run at this bloke and, you know, you, you kind of come off second best. Oh, Do you remember anything about that game? Yeah, yeah I came off second best lots of times. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I was only like, I played front row, I was 93 kilo, so it was inevitable that I yeah. I came off second best. But um, I didn't even look who I was running at. They, that's just Johnsy telling a story. He's, yeah. a, he's a massive fibber, <laughs> if you haven't worked that out yet. Um, well, from uh, his perspective, he said, I was waiting for Crowey to, you know, step a little bit or, or, you know, try and get around him. Apparently, you've just run straight into him. And, yeah. yeah, well, sidestepping wasn't really my, my, my <laughs> strength. Me neither, mate. Uh, just on that, just talking about those foundation years in 88, um, it'd be remiss of me to mention, one, one of our foundation players, Tony Townsend, um, oh, yeah, passed yes, away this week. And yeah. uh, he, was, he was there. He was one of those players that, that, that set the foundation stones. He was as tough as Teak. Um, modest and just a champion bloke, unfortunately. Uh, he passed away last week and, and his, his funeral will be this week, just yeah. on the eve of our old boys' day. So yeah. whilst it is a it is a, a, a celebration for us to come together, it's also be a sort of a commemoration as well this week. Uh, and he, and he, I think the, he, the, the, the you guys will be wearing black armbands yeah. on the weekend. Was he the inaugural yeah. dummy half? He was, yeah. yes. So 88... Back when, when hookers used yeah. to hook in the scrums. That's yeah. not, a, it's not an easy position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. tough, tough man. Look, we're just going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll just uh, listen to a few sponsor messages and then we'll be back uh, on Knights HQ Podcast, the home of Newcastle Knights. Knights HQ is brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training, providers of engineering and construction labour to the hunter for over a decade. Welcome back to Knights HQ Podcast, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Uh, we left you, we've been talking uh, to our special guest, old boy, Steve Crow, Mate, we're going to talk a little bit about now your uh, your upbringing and sort of your journey into sort of starting with the Knights. When he was a young boy. Young boy. <laughs> yeah, he's an old boy. So, mate, you grew up in Young, which is, um, you know, a rural town in New South Wales. Can you talk us a bit about that, your upbringing and, and, and what got you into rugby league? Yeah, my dad was a, was a shearer, actually, sheep shearer. Oh. And... Uh, so I was born in a little, little tiny town just outside of Young. Yeah. Um, but moved away at a relatively young age and moved to Melbourne. Okay. Um, grew up in Melbourne for the first – till I was about 10, played AFL. I was going to say, yeah. rugby league wouldn't have had a look in down no, in no, Melbourne. No, no, played AFL. Then I moved to Newcastle when I was about 10. Yeah. Um, to Toronto, actually, out in the lake. And um, there was no AFL there. So I said, okay, I'll play rugby league. Probably a good choice in, in, in the end. Yeah. Um, so I was a Wandu warrior uh, originally. And then um, played for the Macquarie Scorpions when I got a bit older. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was 18 when the Knights kicked off in 88. So I was, I was you know, lucky enough to be born at the right time. There'd been no – having no Knights before then meant any, any young kid with any talent 
had to go off to Sydney or yeah. elsewhere yeah. To, to play in the big time. Uh, and I was the first. I was the first era, I suppose, of people, of, of young young men who could stay in Newcastle um, to play at the highest level. So um, that first year, um, they they trialed hundreds and hundreds of kids from all over, from the bush, from the Newcastle, obviously, from all over. Um, and we had a series of trials week after week, and they kept whittling the numbers down until they had a summer squad. I think we had about a hundred blokes train. Um, you know, three grades. This is. We did all train together. And, oh, yeah. and again, they whittled it down. They set a standard, be the player others want to play with. And then against that criteria, they just kept whittling them down yeah. based on training performance, based on the trial games the following year. And um, I was still left standing when, when we were there to kick off the first the first game in, in 88 um, in under 21. So I had teammates like um, Paul Harrigan and Ashley Gordon in that first in that first under 21s team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just I'm really proud to have been part of that that first year. It was incredibly tough, but um, you know, really, really rewarding and, and, and proud moment. I've got to say, it had a bigger impact on my life than any other any other period in my in my entire life. I, you know, I was a young, skinny, impressionable young kid, and uh, probably without a great deal of purpose. But I, I had a real purpose after that first yeah, yeah after gotcha. that first off season. It gave me a real, real intent and uh, a real. It's a vision for what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's funny, like, I don't think people sometimes realise that about team sport. You get – it's not just about the sport, is it? Like, you get qualities after life, like working with a team and, um, you know, confidence and leadership and hard work. And that. when you were coming – like, when you were just a young kid playing for Scorps and that, were you a talent? Like, were you – did you always think maybe I could be a footballer no. or – no? No, not really. Not really? I was uh, – I, I grew late. I was probably 17 before I had a bit of a growth spurt. Yeah. Yep. So up until then, I never made a rep – a rep team ever. Um, you might have fit a schoolboy footy, uh, rep footy, but really I, I wasn't an earmarked uh, player growing up. But the Knights came in with a new set of eyes and were looking for a different set of criteria, if you yeah. like. Yeah. They weren't necessarily looking for the fastest kid or the biggest kid. They're looking for this, you know, for other things. And um, they must have seen that in me and, and um, they gave them the opportunity. And once, they, once given the opportunity and had it explained to me, this is the sort of person we want to play in the red and blue, yeah. I, I just chased it as hard as I could. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Mate, uh, talking about sort of different times, different eras, uh, in 88, you were a fresh face, uh, sorry, fresh faced 18 year old and you did sign uh, a contract with the Knights for 1500 bucks. Is that correct? All my Christmases had come at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was at Tyrrell's, Tyrrell's Wines sponsored, it gave three scholarships, I think they were called. Yeah. Uh, Paul Marquette was. Oh, Peppy. Uh, yeah. We were the yeah. same age. We grew up. Uh, Grant Loads, Paul Marquette and myself, the three of us were all the same age, 18, 20, 2019. Yeah. And uh, Peppy went on to win a premiership with Melbourne and one with the Knights. Yeah. Um, uh, Grant unfortunately got injured and his career didn't um, last as long. But if, for me at that time, that was a bit of a reward for, for training well in the off-season and, and having um, been, I suppose, earmarked as someone that, that might, might get a chance at a higher level. Yeah. And as it turned out, um, that's the way it played out. And yeah, really, really proud moment and for getting the money like obviously securing your spot in the team like that would have just been amazing after going through as you said so many people they're bringing a lot of people in at, you know you said they're looking for something different and you've shown them that to finally get the the nod that that would have been great mate yeah it was it was and i think it just reminded me again with with tony townsend's passing this week made me think back to the those people i was with in that first year and how how the club was established it was um 
It was tough going with no money, no resources, yeah. no centre of excellence. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, a, a really hard-edged approach to footy and great camaraderie. And ultimately, that led to success, you know, quite quickly. With what, yeah. Five years we were in the semis and within 10 years we, we won a comp. comp. It's a pretty, pretty quick success. 100%. Do you ever sit back and look on those years, Crowey? Like, I know you said with Tony passing away, um, but, like, so sometimes you – watch a game of footy and think back of your years of playing NRL and stuff like that? Uh, I'm glad I'm not anymore. Um, especially <laughs> given that, like, I mean, I miss the camaraderie, but the, the, the uh, I broke maybe, I don't know, a dozen bones and I had lots of operations. I mean, my career was cut short because of injuries, so it wasn't really, um, I don't miss the, the physical contact. Yeah. I do miss, um, yeah, I, I, well, I don't miss the camaraderie because I still have that as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty lucky. I've li- I live in a town where my teammates mainly reside as well, so we get yeah. to still spend time with each other. Well, we're going to ask: Does the Wolf Pack still meet up and and yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. get into training and do all that sort of stuff? Absolutely, the Wolf Pack. Yeah, um, there's, there's a bunch of boys that I played with. I played footy with, or some of them I, I didn't. Folks like Kurt Gidley, who's younger than me, and yeah. I, I, we didn't we didn't cross over. Um, but yeah, we, we trained again. We trained last week a few times together, and I think it's um, one of the real um, real attributes of, of Newcastle. Um, certainly, the, I think the players that I played with that, um, yeah, we we have that bond. It's pretty special. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, mate, look, that's sort of where we're up to. We're gonna, I reckon, kick off with some Croaks tune of the week. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, uh, I'm gonna brush mine this week. Like I said, I just <laughs> get on Bob Drop. It's the best app. Oh, that Bob Drop. So have you got Bob Drop, Crowy? Oh, I haven't. Nah, no, just get on. It's just some music app. It's really. I good. shan't um, be getting it either. But, <laughs> but what I was gonna ask you, Crow, was I. I've heard stories about um, the old Knights players and before a game they would each select a song and it would be put on a stereo. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, back then it was cassette tapes. Yeah, right? cassette, cassette tapes. tapes. So yeah. you couldn't play – you had to – this goes through the order. Yeah. So we had a particular song that had to be played during that semi-final series in 97. We wanted that song to be the one that played as we were walking out. So you had to time it exactly. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> Put the tape in, press play at a certain time yeah. from the from the full, from the starting whistle. So it was actually a bit of a science that the trainers had to be have under control. So. Yeah. Am I allowed to ask what that song was? No, that was Holy Grail by the Hunters and Collective. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So yeah. that's Crowy's tune of the week. That's what we wanted yeah. to know. Nice. Wait, am I going? You going? You go, you go mate. I've, I've done I've, my I've, drop. I've gone a bit old school. And this, like, we just got back from the Gold Coast trip. So there's a little bit of travel, a few, few planes and trains yeah. and automobiles. So... Lots of uh, iPod and headphones in for most of that. But, uh, mate, I'm going to go with What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. Okay. Absolute tune. Okay. If you haven't heard it, it's uh, it's yeah. on Apple Music, it's on Spotify. It's on Loud and Proud. Bob, Bob Drop. It Bob can Drop. be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way Bob yeah. Drop works. But, hey. yes, it, it, on the uh, – I think it was the flight up to the Gold Coast. Yeah. It come on shuffle and I was like, ugh. Tune. Yeah. Hey, Crowey, mate, I just I wanted to seriously thank you for coming in today. You know, sacrifice a bit of time. I know it's a big, big week for you guys. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. You got an awesome story, premiership winner of this club. And uh, hopefully, we can have a beer with you after the game this week. Yeah, well, I think that's that's something all the boys are looking forward to, actually. Yeah. So, um, in fact, this whole week is, you're right, it's a big week, but um, a good week as well. We hopefully, some of the, the goodwill. Um, mixes over to the team when they run out on Sunday. Yep. Yeah, no, nah, mate, I'd just like to follow Matt and say thanks for coming on. Nah, it's been a really good episode. Uh, now, remember, guys, you can subscribe and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also check out our entire back catalogue of Knights HQ on the Knights website with new episodes dropping on our app. 
So if you download the app and turn on your push notifications, you can be notified the second a new episode drops. Also, we're on YouTube. Yep. That's so a new thing. So get on YouTube. You're on YouTube, Crowy. Watch a bit of YouTube. I've got YouTube. Yep. <laughs> so you can subscribe as well. Beautiful. So, yep, subscribe, like, and, uh, you know, hit those bills, uh, bells. So uh, when a notification comes through, you'll know when a new episode drops. Once again, thank you to Maxwell Recruitment and Training for bringing you this episode of the podcast. Thanks again, gents. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Don't stop listening here. Listen to the entirety of Knights HQ Season 1 at newcastlenights.com.au and don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen.